Hey, what's up? This is Ranting with Randy. I'm Randy, and this is season seven of Ranting with Randy. And no better way to kick off season seven, episode one, on December 32nd, or January 1st, as many people are calling it, rabbit, rabbit, uh, with Lincoln Mitchell. And I needed to reach out to Lincoln because this morning I saw in the news, and we're going to get into it, but this, like, old, dusty, white dude, congressman-elect from Florida who was calling himself the squad and the squad is going to go up again and like cause chaos and bring the ruckus against the squad. So I really wanted to get Lincoln's input on that and to see if there was any, you know, if they really could even fucking do anything. I mean, not that they can do anything. They're just scared. These dudes are just scared of everybody that doesn't look like them and they want to do everything they can to like get some attention on themselves because they're selfish and they're misogynistic and they're patriarchal and they're just really nauseatingly disgusting and so full of shit that I really needed Lincoln to set the shit straight. And, and, you know, People had questions for Lincoln. I want to make sure that Lincoln could answer them because I clearly am not the one to answer any type of politically based question. Really not any question. Uh, I'll leave that to Lincoln. So episode one of season seven, no better way to kick it off on the new year than with Lincoln Mitchell uh, sitting back up in the hood in New York City. Uh, who's going to rap and let us know? Like, what, what's the deal, yo, as per the huge? So we're going to start. We're not going to talk about J-Lo and what she wore and how badly she destroyed Aerosmith's song at all. No, but I have to say, I've never really loved Aerosmith. Like, I know that I'm like a white guy of that generation, but... You don't have to like Aerosmith. You have to just absolutely not try to sing in a key you can't sing in on live TV on New Year's with social media being the way it is, looking the way you looked. I don't know who told her that that was an appropriate outfit or got paid for that, or maybe nobody did because of COVID, and she walked out looking like a wedding a wedding cake of toilet paper with, like, the World's Fair globe on this. her head. I'm probably not the best culture correspondent for the Ranting with Randy Let me podcast. tell you something. I'm the last person to talk about anyone who can sing, anyone who can dress, but if that's your career, you, be- you best be able to have your fucking shit together if, you're gonna, if, if that's what you're going to do. Right, like, just yeah, do yeah. your shit. Like, just be responsible and do your shit. I don't care what you wear or how you do. Just make sure you're together and you can hit notes. I don't, you know, otherwise, right. why bother? I mean, because, you're talking, I want you, as you're saying this, look what I'm wearing. I don't, you know. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> well, I welcome to December 32nd. a sweatshirt for a team that hasn't existed since 1940. I got a, you know, a, T-shirt from a team that has a 57. I got beat up corduroys. Dude, we're not getting paid gazillions of dollars to, like, do do this. Although I would like to. Nice. Can we sponsor? Can Ufus maybe sponsor us? Yeah, yeah. Since I sold you on the flip-flops? After about the first day, they're extremely comfortable. I know. Listen, some things I know. know, These are are not the flip-flops. These are the clogs. These are the indoor clogs. I oh, wear them look indoors at you. and the flip-flops I wear outdoors. You went big. I know. You got to buy. Yeah, I got to have two pair. I have three. I wear one in the shower. To prevent, like, any type of help I've fallen and I can't get up situation. But anyway, listen. So, okay, so there's a lot. It's January 1st, or as I like to say, December 32nd, because really it's just another, what what is today? It's Friday. Yeah, at least you know the day of the week. That's the important thing. How many days? The shop is, it comes every Saturday. Yeah, I mean, oh, I was thinking Passover is coming, isn't it? Not for a while, three months or so. Something? So, I don't know. That is all irrelevant. What we saw on the TV today, and then I do have a question. People did like text me stuff that they want to know right. that they don't understand. Right. But, dude, have, did you did you catch any of the news today? No, I, I was New Year's. I was in a silent meditation retreat in the mountains. 
Okay, I'm sorry to drag you back from that into this. I mean, psychically, is... no. I mean, I saw the newspaper. The, the okay, Times so this guy got on CNN today, this uh, congressperson-elect, Carlos Jimenez, talking about he's a member of the force. So there are apparently Republicans now, about four of them, he said. That's powerful. Who are the opposite of right, like this Republican squad, the squad. So Because this guy, right. clearly this white, white privileged, old, dusty whack job is afraid of diversity and powerful women in the squad. So now him and his friends are going to stand up like this Josh Hawley moron and contest the electoral college votes. So is the force, is that like, are they like big Star Wars fans? Yeah, no, they're idiots, actually. and, And Anna Cabrera, to give her credit on CNN really was, like, shutting him the fuck down. She was like... Okay. I mean, there's... So here's my question. Can this force, for whatever they... They probably can't even push a roll of paper fucking towels, but can they do anything? Can this... What happens if 140 of them stand up on the 6th and they're like, we, we don't fuck... We're the... May the force be with you or some shit. They'll probably infringe on something and Mark Hamill will tweet the shit out of them. But what can... Can that have any impact no. on anything? Zero. No, because uh, the, the the majority of the Congress of Representatives will support the election outcome. It's not like you can veto an election, right? You have to have a majority to certify the results or to not certify the So these guys the are results. literally just standing up to do nothing but cause chaos and maybe incite shit outside. Well, I mean, there's a couple of other things. One, it allows them to raise their profile in the Republican Party with the base. And two, there's no cost to it, right? I mean, when you think of what your elected officials do, right – I mean, I mean, if you think about politics, this is way too going way too far back. But the idea of politics is you get power and you use it, right? Right, for good, hopefully. But good or bad, if you're, if you're a Republican. But that's yeah. the point. You 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 get power and you use it, right? Okay. So, the, if you don't have power, it's just talk, right? And right now, on this vote, 140. That sounds like a big number. There's 435 members of the House of Representatives. Okay. Right. So, and that means you need 218, you know, through the math, to have a majority. So, if you know you're not, you're never going to reach 218. You can get up there and juggle six objects and stand on your head if it gets you attention. But that doesn't stop the outcome. So these idiots, even though even Mike Pence was like, "Do not challenge the the process," even though it's a media strategy. It's a media strategy. So it's purely for attention, and because these guys are total just assholes and and politics. politics. They're not going to. They're not going to stop Joe Biden from becoming president. Okay. So okay, thank God. So that's still going to happen. Hopefully, without any waves or anything. It's 19 days now? Is it 19 days? Yeah. I mean, the Holly. Do you want to talk about Holly for a second? Yeah, you can talk about Holly for a second. Go ahead. Right, Just while I'm looking for James' question. Go ahead. Um, so he is what my late and beloved grandfather would have called a no good, Jew hating, anti Semitic son of a bitch. Oh, God. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because Holly is an educated guy. I mean, I forget. He went to one of these fancy schools. He's not, he knows better. And he made a speech in the in 2019 in the middle of the, when he railed against cosmopolitan elites. And when you use that phrase over and over again, you know who – we know who he's talking about. Right? Okay. And he used that phrase over and over again, cosmopolitan elites trying to take things away from Americans, all of this. He is – and he exploited this kind of undercurrent of anti-Semitism to move to the you – know, towards the front of the pack of the people who might succeed Donald Trump. He's a bad, bad guy. And 
in, in his statement about He also this, looks really bad. He's got that really bad, like, haircut, that, like, what, that, like... Yeah, I mean, he's not... He's, he's, I'm no, not he's, he's no Eric Trump. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying he looks a little uh, brown shirty, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. And and what, what this is about, I mean, you know, again, we don't... This is going to happen, I think, before... Well, the Democrats, again, they're going to have the votes because they'll have every Democrat and they'll have a few Republicans. So there's no cost for Hawley to do this, right? What he's doing is making a marker for his 2024 campaign for president. That's what this is about. And that's significant because, one, it shows on his side that he doesn't care how he tries to destroy the integrity of American political institutions – to get ahead. But have we not and, had enough of this shit? Like, why do they two, think this is going to work? It shows that the cost of admission, the price of the ticket into the Republican primary in 2024 is claiming that Joe Biden stole the election. And that means that as Joe Biden, you know, is president starting in a couple of weeks, a few weeks, three weeks, it will be more. The Republicans throughout his presidency will, will whenever they want to oppose him, will say, well, he's not legitimate. And holy. So that's the significance of what Holly is doing. Which is so it's not so it's not it's it's it it's significant or it's like completely like insignificantly stu- stupid and a waste of time. Well, it's I guess not, not. In that it has no bearing on. I mean, Joe Biden is going to be president, right? But what it tells it's significant because it tells you where the state of the Republican Party is, and that basically someone who is I mean, Holly is a bad guy, but he's not an idiot, right? And he's looking at this. He wants to be president. Will Josh Hawley ever be president? Probably not, but it's not at all impossible. He's looking at this, and he's saying the way I get to be president is being out there in an outspoken way, in a visible way, claiming the election was stolen. That tells you a lot about the state of the Republican Party. And And that also no one is trying to fix it because no one is shutting him down and saying, look, let this shit go. Well, Ben Sass is trying to shut him down. But, you know, who cares? It's a little late. I mean— they're, they're not going to get the – you know, the other thing I would say is that if if they thought – if they thought that there were actions, their words would have an impact, would actually change something, they might not be saying this. I don't think they want Trump there anymore. They're done with Trump too. That's why these words have no cost. It's like, it's like if there's, you know, a fist fight, two guys punching it out across the street and you're a block away yelling, yeah, go get them. It just doesn't have any yeah. impact. Well, it's just stupid that they didn't give it oxygen on the news. Like, this guy, I never saw this Carlos Jimenez guy before. And, like, it says congressman-elect. Of course he's from fucking Florida. So, and he's talking about, you know, I've the four of us have been impacted by communism and socialism, and we don't want to go back to communism and socialism, and the far-left socialist Democrats. And I'm like, bro, stop already. Yeah, I mean, these just people have stop. Just kind of a mindset of... of- you know, angry children who aren't very rational. I mean, there's nothing, nothing to say. Like, I mean, you know, they called Social Security communism. You know what I mean? Like, like we get it. They called Medicare communism. This is Republicans. Anything the left, Barry Goldwater or Ronald Reagan, they call it communist. It's, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's not exactly sophisticated political analysis. All right, so listen. That's who they are. So Jane wants to know, look, so she wrote me a whole, she wrote me a, a list of questions. And one of them, and she's also um, from across the pond. So she's trying okay. to. Are these multiple choice questions? No, you have to answer them. And it's interesting because I'm not going to read it also in an accent like hers because I'll never All sound right. like her. I'll also like never look as good as her, but that's okay. Um, 
Anyway, okay, so our question is, if the House already voted yes in favor of raising the stimulus to 2000 and both the sitting president and the president-elect are behind it, why does it need another vote, and why does it all come down to Mitch McConnell, and why does he have more power than anyone else? Okay, there's a lot of points to that question. Any law that is passed has to be passed by both houses of Congress and signed by the president. That's, that's the process. Right. So, therefore, let's say you have a stimulus law, just in this case. The law that is passed by each body has to be identical, so there's no conflicts. Right? Okay. Let's just, say, let's just say hypothetically you were passing a law on a federal speed limit on the interstate, and the House said 60 and the Senate said 65. Right? You have to have them pass the same law. Right. They're picking something innocuous. So they have to, once they pass it in each house, they go to committee, the conference committee, and they work out members of each to make sure it's the same piece of legislation. Right. Then they go back and they have a packed vote on the, the new the conference piece. Right. And then so, one guy can fuck it all up? Well, McConnell, I mean, we, we talk about McConnell as if McConnell can just fuck it all up, right? What McConnell can do— It seems that way it, to well, lay yes. people. He can do two things. He has, one, you need to get a majority of the Senate to vote for it, right? So right. on some issues, when we say, you know, McConnell pushed Amy Coney Barrett through the Senate, right? What we mean is that he kept his caucus together and he kept the votes and he got the votes, Right. So when we say McConnell, what we mean is can he, you know, he can control the whole caucus. I'm going to say no. He also has control over what comes to the floor and what gets voted on. Right, because right? his desk is piled high with like 500 fucking bills. Right. Now, now, you can vote for something to get onto the floor over the Senate majority leader's insistence, but you need, I think, 60 votes to do that. So basically, he controls kind of the flow of traffic onto the floor. That's why he's so important. And yes, the uh, – you know, the thing about a legislature is that when you think just intuitively about a legislature and any, you know, it has to have some structure, right? And invariably, that means someone has to be in charge. And that person has varying degrees of power. That depends on the legislature. It changes over time. Um, and it changes given the competence of the person, right? But McConnell has a lot of power in the Senate. It's absolutely. nuts. He is an evil, vindictive, oh, petty, yeah. he's, he's, he's disgusting... probably over the course of this century done more damage than, than maybe Trump or anyone. I mean, he's, yeah, he's terrible. But that's except why. for his wife, except for his wife. Well, she, but she's, you know, she's just kind of a hack, corrupt person. Who's yeah, not. but she, but, but apparently, like bills got pushed through for oh, yeah, he can, for, yeah. for I mean, her. He can push things through, sure, sure. The judges get pushed through all the time, right? I mean, I can't. That is a whole messed up situation yeah. that that came out also from that. Okay, so that's that. And then she said Bernie Sanders came out and said that if Mitch McConnell doesn't take the vote to the floor, he will hold the Senate until the new year. Why does he have the power to do that? Well, he doesn't really have the power to do that. He has the power to put a hold on it, and then they can vote to override the hold. That takes 60 votes. So he doesn't really – no one individual has that much power. But they do – he does have the power to slow it down. Of course, the New Year's is the new year now, so that's kind of moot. Um, and couldn't again, Trump override McConnell if he was just what? like, fuck it? I, couldn't Trump just be like, I want everybody to have $2,000 and sign that shit? Well, the, the, pre, the, the executive branch can't write laws. Oh, that's true. Right? The, the Congress has to write a law. Congress gives the uh, president a law. Now, there, periodically in, in American politics, there'll be a debate about the line-item veto, right? And what the line-item veto would be is that you pass a long law, and the president says, I, I veto this part of it. I veto that part of it. But, but there, there's a lot of argument around that, and one of the part of the argument around that is that it would take power away from Congress, right? Um, the way the Constitution works and the way American politics have always worked is that Congress passes the laws, and the president says yes or no. So, no, if Trump says, I want $2,000, he's got to get that pushed through the Senate. The fact that he can't push that through the Senate 
speaks to how weak he is. Now, he is a lame duck president, so he has no power. He's also an asshole who could care less, but he's never been able to make, yeah, he He couldn't make a deal to save his life. You know, if he had, if he had four months ago decided he wanted this 2000 push through, he should have been able to push it through. But now. He only wanted to push it through to fuck up because somebody else said it. And he was like, okay, this He wants to push it through because he thinks it'll help in Georgia. It's not going to do it. First of all, how convenient is it, speaking of Georgia, that Purdue is suddenly quarantining and doesn't have to show up anywhere for anything? I mean, the guy is like just a total fucking joke. Yeah, yeah. So convenient. What's the next question? Oh, the next question. Okay. Um, That's what uh, she said. What is the difference? If the House already voted things McConnell to allow it for, what is the previous? And why? uh, Where did. Oh, here. Um. Oh, wait, did I lose it? Hold on a second. She, everything. The different position, what is the difference between the House leader and the House speaker? Okay. So the speaker of the House is a constitutional office, right? It is an office in Article One of the Constitution that is is the leader of the House. Sorry I didn't prepare you for this. This is like, (laughs) I know this is in your wheelhouse, Um, but uh, go ahead. So, and the speaker is elected by the entire house, by a majority, a majority within the house. Now the reason that's significant, and then has, and then it is third in line to be president, right? If the president and vice president drop dead, the spe- or get impeached, the speaker of the house becomes president. So it's an important job. It's a constitutional job. It is, but you, and the reason it's significant is that when the constitution was written, it wasn't at all obvious we'd end up with a two-party system, right? So somehow, <coughs> multiple parties would have to get together and elect somebody speaker. It is conceivable, for example. Uh, let's say that Kevin McCarthy wanted to become speaker, oh. right? Because he's the leader of the majority of the Republican Party in the House. He could get to be speaker if he had every Republican vote and peeled off like 10 Democratic votes. And we've seen that in state legislatures, you know, here and there over the years with similar setup in state legislatures. So Nancy Pelosi is the speaker of the House. She gets elected by a, by a, ma- a full majority of the House. Now, in reality, what that means is that she gets elected essentially on a party line vote when the Congress meets. The, de- the Democrats vote for her. That's the majority. She's the speaker. Okay. Now, beyond that, each party can organize itself in the House any way it wants. But it makes sense to have a House majority leader who is the next, the number two person on the majority side, in this case, the Democratic side. That's Steny Hoyer, who's Nancy Pelosi's 80, Steny Lawyer is 107, and the number three is Jim Clyburn, who's, I think, 94, right? Oh, my God. And then... I'm making those numbers up. They're I'm all just, in their 80s, I, late 70s. And then, and then on the Republican side, there's a House majority leader uh, who's a minority leader who's Kevin McCarthy. And then there's like a whip and, a, you know, so it just – but those are party positions, how the party chooses to organize it because the House is a big body, right? It's 435 yeah. people. So, you know, the Democrats have a slim majority, but typically the majority party has about 240 or more members. You can't just – you know, you can't just like – you have to have some structure. And that's what the speaker brings, a speaker and then a, the, who goes on what committee, right? The House Minority Leader who goes on what committee from their side. So it's very, very powerful because the committees are real, the, real, where the real work is done. So that's the difference. Basically, the speaker is constitutional. The Senate Majority Leader is not constitutional office. It's just kind of – you don't. I mean conceivably, you don't have to have a Senate Majority Leader. Of course, you do. Right. The only thing you have to have is a speaker of the House. So are we going to – so let so do you think – so based on Georgia, if we flip it – We'll be able to get shit done potentially. If we flip both Georgia seats, it has it's both it's all or nothing, right? It's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. You have to flip them both. Like it's got to be. We have to win two. Yeah, it's all or nothing. You got to win them both. Yeah. 
If the Democrats win two, which is, you know, I, I would just stress, I think these elections will be very close. I'm not making any predictions. I'm making being safe here. Oh, God. Then, then likely Chuck Schumer would become the Senate majority leader. Uh, McConnell would become the minority leader, unless the Republicans decided they wanted to have somebody else wanted to have a go at him and maybe be, beat him for that job. Then, if you just look at the Senate, now the Senate is easier to understand because it's smaller. There's only 100 members, right? So let's say Biden you know, passes a law or wants to pass a law. Okay, so, so Nancy Pelosi still runs the House, I think is pretty, I mean, I hope she holds on for one more term. She says, okay, so I'm going to pass this law. They're going to go back and forth, but she'll deliver. She always delivers the votes, right? She has a majority. Because she's smart. Now they, go to, now they go to the Senate. They only need 50 votes because if there's a tiebreaker, Kamala Harris, who's the vice president, mm. gets to break the tie. That's in the Constitution. That's not something people just made up. That's in the Constitution. So what happens? Well, you got to get 50 votes, which means you have to basically have the entire Democratic caucus, right? Now, there's some people in the Democratic caucus, like, I don't know, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, who are kind of on the left. There are some like, you know, uh, our two senators in this state, Kirsten Gillibrand and Chuck Schumer. Well, Chuck's the majority leader at that point, so he, he doesn't right. want it, doesn't get to the floor. Who are, you know, center, but like basically Biden Democrats, people like Amy Klobuchar, Cory Booker. They'll mostly go along with this stuff. But the thing is, you need the most conservative Democrats. You need their votes, too. So the people that become very important if the Democrats win back the Senate are John, uh, Joe Manchin, who's from uh, West Virginia, Kirsten Sinema, who's from Arizona, John Tester. These are the more conservative Democrats. John Tester's from Montana, Diane Feinstein, who's, you know, um, uh, from California uh, and first got elected to uh, office in 1969, um, just to put this in perspective. Yeah. So, so even with the Democratic majority, you're not going to pass anything too far left because they're not going to go for it, those people. So... That's that's how. But the basic shit will get done. I mean, the far the harder stuff will will be hashed out. But I think the most important thing is that, like, at some point we could get back to I don't know governing. Well, like for example, for example, if you look at the big stuff, um, someone like Dianne Feinstein, right, who doesn't who likes the filibuster and believes in these institutions and is the furthest thing from a socialist, she always supports progressive people for the Supreme Court, right? Right. So. So like 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 Feinstein is gonna is has a good record on abortion rights to pretty much anybody right so she's or she's always been very very good on gun issues right so these people have their own issues that they care about but yes the big stuff you know because also remember if, if Joe Biden puts a very big law like this is the law that I'm staking my presidency on they don't want him to fail right so and, and and also I mean I think we lose sight of this a lot but the president has power too in these negotiations we talked about it at the beginning of this discussion you get power and you use it right. Biden's been around long enough that he knows how to do that. But that's the story. That's the situation. So it's hopeful. <laughs> well, we'll see on Tuesday, but yes. I mean, well, that's also true. So, we're, I mean, if... so, Because I think what's interesting is, like, people think there's going to be, like, violence and rioting in the streets if these Republicans stand up and cause this hullabaloo over bullshit. Like it's gonna ra it's gonna it's really gonna rile up these like idiots who are like gonna grab their guns and take to the streets and be like yeah it's fake fake fuck this like in the you know and then what can they, they do? What haven't, they I mean I don't mean to be positive because you know I hate to do that especially on New Year's Day but they <laughs> haven't picked up their guns and gone to the street yet right it's a lot of talk it's a bark and bite issue yeah they've only know? gone to the governor's house in uh, Michigan right I mean I'm not saying they're they're not a threat because they are but they also like you know I mean. 
I mean, you could imagine if you're sitting around, you know, Nazi headquarters, wherever that is, you know, white nationalist headquarters, what are they called? Like the Proud Boys or something like that. Like, should we go to Washington? It's like, I don't know, it's cold. Can we just get another case of beer? I think that's kind of where their mindset is. These are not, I mean, these are people who are really sleazy, lazy. You know, they, they don't, they, they just want to like, they want to parade around in their weird clothes. They don't, they don't yeah, really and their want flags to and their, their yeah, clothes, I, you know? okay. That makes me feel a little better. Yeah. Ish. I mean, there's reason to be scared of these people, but there's also well, reason sure. to think also like, you know, the military's not going to go with Trump. You know, we saw that. I mean, I mean, the, 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 the security forces, you know, I mean, you I think mean, he's coming back that, from we know that the white nationalists have infiltrated a lot of these security forces, but at the leadership level there, you know, this is over for Trump. You think he's, le- even, you think he's leaving? Knows that. You think he's coming back from Mar-a-Lago? How do you think he's leaving? Let's just end with that. How do you think he's – you think he's walking out the front door of the Plantation White House? You think he's not coming back from Mar-a-Lago? You think he's like a moving truck is going to roll up and like he's going to be escorted out by like motorcycles and, you know, Confederate flags, dump trucks? Like what, what's, your, what's your best I guess on how he leaves? that either he doesn't come back from Mar-a-Lago or he comes back and sometime before the, the inauguration day – so I'm looking at my calendar here. Sometime around the weekend of – this is January 15th. is a Friday. Sometime around that day, he does. He goes down there for a golf weekend and doesn't come back. So he might come back for a few days between now and then. He goes down for a golf weekend. He leaves, you know, to, you know, he drives with his limo somewhere with people or just leaves on the helicopter from, from the White House and doesn't come back. Sometime around the 15th. I don't see him going. He's not going to go to the inauguration. I don't see him. I mean, if you remember when Bush, when the helicopter took fly, to fly Bush away, people were cheering. I don't think Trump wants that. I mean, he's, you know... <laughs> So, so he could just not come back. The presidency ends and it's over. But he gets Secret Service protection for the rest of his life. Well, until he goes you, to jail, until Tish James throws him in jail. Right, right, exactly. He gets Secret Service, as does his immediate family, which I'm not sure includes adult children. I think it's only minor children. Thank God. You have to check that. But I mean, actuarially speaking, I mean, I. And I don't mean this. I'm just saying, if you were an, if, like, if you were an actuary, and I said, "How much?" This guy's not going to be around forever. I mean, Melania is a different story. She's much younger. She seems to be in good shape. I she wants to go back to Slovenia, husband, yeah. And her prenup um, money, she's getting. She is going to cash out once if well, she I, if I he has anything right, left. But I, I've actually, I think we talked about this once. I have a theory here that that the reason a, a driving reason for a lot of what Trump does is if Melania divorces him, she takes him for everything. He doesn't and have a lot. You think there's anything really there? I think it's all I don't even think it's he has a nickel to rub he together. May not. He may not, but what but he wants to leave the money to Ivanka. Right? Dude, she made eighty two million dollars with her slumlord husband. You it doesn't think matter. She... Doesn't matter. And and Melania, he knows in the court of law, Melania gets everything. And Melania and also knows everything, I think. What? And Melania also knows everything. Right. She's Melania no dummy. Wants, I mean, Melania is like in her. I mean, I'm, I'm not a fan at all, you know, but she's. You can understand her motivations, right? I mean, she, she's watching out for her and Baron, which, as far as I'm concerned, okay, I don't particularly like Melania. I don't have an opinion about Baron because he's too young for me to have an opinion. I will say this, though, that <laughs> my son applied to the high school uh, in New York where Baron was, was attending. And when they were in middle school, he didn't, we didn't Michelle's know hu- Michelle's he husband there. teaches there. What? Michelle's husband teaches there. And he got accepted there. Um, and he uh, decided not to go. 
not because of Barron, but just because he liked this other school more. But he almost went there. And, and my son's like, if I went to there, I would just punch him in the face. I said, you know. You can't no. punch. You can't punch. I'm going to tell you why. You can't oh, punch you can't. him. You don't punch well, people in the face. Well, you don't punch. Well, you punch Nazis in the face. But you can't That's punch the- him in the face because he's, he's, he's got issues. He has needs. And, you, you, and that is, I think, the greatest loss in this entire four-year debacle, I mean, taking away everything else. I think that the fact that Melania did protect him from yeah. every freaking thing by stashing him in her parents' basement, which was really smart, and the fact that she yeah. taught him how to speak another language so that they could communicate with him not understanding a thing no, is also I pretty my smart. Son not to punch him in the face, and he had no intention to. He just kind of yeah. said it in a bit of anger because he hates Trump so much. But I understand but that. You're, you're right. And also, like, the other side of that is that I but mean, she's an ice-cold, gold-digging bitch. J- let's just but, be clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have no, like, like I have no sympathy for Melania Trump. But I also think that it is, I do have sympathy for these children of presidents. I mean, I, I went to a party once with Amy Carter years ago, like in the 80s. Because she had, had one of the first, you know, it was very traumatic for her, you know. And and, uh, and it was interesting. Like, like, you know, she had a, people aren't fair to Amy Carter, to Chelsea Clinton. Uh, yeah. That changed. The media was much more decent with regards to George W. Bush's kids, who I, you know, I never liked Bush as a president, but they seemed like, you know, under the circumstances, they seemed like nice young women. And, and he seemed to be very, he and, and uh, Laura Bush, like, like, keep the distance. It's, this, is, this is private. It's not the world's But business. he also did and very much like Michelle Obama and let these girls have a life and right, grow. Well, and, like, yeah, they, yeah. They actually thought it through. And Obama's, I thought, were very good, too, about that. And, you know, Biden's kids are much older, so it doesn't matter. I mean, these are different, you know, older people. But, like, and I think we should be respectful of these young people who get thrown into this. They didn't ask for this, right? right? And we should be respectful of them and their privacy and all of that. And we have gotten better. I mean, I think we learned the lesson with Chelsea, and the media has been much better. Uh, but I don't, I mean, I, mean I, I, I did a Mitchell Minute about this years ago where he went to the World Series and he got booed in 2019. Do you remember this? Yeah. Donald Trump? Yeah. And, and I said, you know, like, like he's, you don't bring your kid to the World Series? He doesn't even know he has a kid. He has to be reminded no, you know of saying? the kid. You know yes. Like, one of the fun perks about, like, if I were president, God forbid, one of the f- <laughs> only fun things would be that I could go to the World Series. And if I could go to the World Series, I'd bring my kids. Because you're a you normal, know, because you're a dad with, like, hum- humanistic feelings. Right, and, and that's the point. He's yeah. not. It's so weird how he's not. And that's why I have tremendous sympathy for Barron. And I don't want to touch him. I mean, I don't want to touch him. I just issue. hope that that kid goes far away from, from him until, right. like. Right, and I hope that, I know that his, that's his mother's instinct. For all her problems, I think she does have that instinct. And it is just appalling. Like, you never, because a, a son is the one thing, a child is the one thing that might humanize him, right? Because, and, and, okay, granted, the, you know, we saw the story with, you know, the, the two idiot sons and, and Ivanka, but, but Barron's younger, right? You could, you could do father-son things, you know, play catch. Donald Trump likes baseball. Like, he never, he never want know? that. But let me tell you something. That was an anchor baby in all senses of the horrible word in terms of anchoring Melania to not only this country, but to him in a way, because, because there was, that was, that was what she had. To hold over him, and he doesn't right. acknowledge and he, the kid. And he, he celebrated does... Barron's birth by like stripping Stormy Daniels or something. Right? Yeah, well, a couple days after. I mean, you okay. know, he gave himself a couple days, but still, disgusting, classless, and I mean, seriously, like mentally ill. Like this, the sadness of yeah. the narcissistic sociopathy 
is is so evident. In addition to, on top of that, like the mental decline. But it's it's just a disaster. All I'm saying is I'm curious to see how he leaves because I'm thinking that Milani and Baron have already packed their bags. They already have an exit plan. And like this guy is going to be alone as the Terminex truck pulls up behind them to fumigate the fucking White House for like a month before uh, Biden and everybody else can move in because it's absolutely got to be a disgusting, germ-filled vile place right now. I think not pretty is the theme of 2020. And since we are in 2021, or some may call it December 32nd, uh, we're just going to leave it at the ugly crying, not pretty, J-Lo's what in the actual fuck wedding tier toilet paper dress with the world's fair globe on her face in sequence. Was she actually thinking fuck? Uh, And you're going to follow Lincoln Mitchell on the Instagram and you're going to follow his Mitchell Minute so that you can learn all the things you need to know about the inner workings of politics on a local level, on a state level, on a global level, on an international level, on a Space Force level, on a whatever level you need to know. Lincoln is there for you. He's there for us. And thank God, because we need him. So follow him on his Instagram at Lincoln A. Mitchell in the Twitterverse, where I have one more day and 19 hours in Twitter jail. But you can follow Lincoln at Lincoln Mitchell, and you can go to his website, LincolnMitchell.com, where you can watch his videos, you could buy his books, you can, like, read about just other random Lincoln Mitchell kind of stuff. And then you can join us on the Jam Fam. We're still going every night, 8 o'clock, on the Doodleheads Instagram, where we are not in jail, but we do oftentimes get thrown off for matching content issues because who in the actual fuck owns all of that music except for Questlove? Uh, Wow. It's been a tough one. A Shabadoo gone MF Doom apparently died like a month ago and his wife just leaked it out or somebody let that leak out. Anyway, man, 2020 is just just didn't stop right up until the very end. So let us walk into 2021 slightly gingerly instead of like a bull in the fucking china shop that I am notorious for being. Um, just come hang out with Franklin and the peeps and Mary Beth. We're going to get Mary Beth is coming on the pod. She 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 is fighting it, but uh, she doesn't know that we fight harder uh, and the peer pressure will break her eventually, uh, even if we have to drag along her four year old granddaughter to do, to make her do it. Uh, come hang out with the mad Googler with Franklin, with the peeps, uh, from all over the place. And uh, wear a mask, wash your hands, stay home when you can, support local artists, shop locally, take out delivery, curbside pickup, do what you got to do to stay safe. Thanks for listening, and until the next time. And we kept it under 45 minutes. We're two minutes over, Lincoln, almost three. Sorry, I talk a little too much. As you know, at the end, it's always hard for me to stop. Thanks for listening. Peace and hair grease. (laughs) 